Dímelo mi gente, it's your girl Alex. And I'm Astrid. And we are the Latinx sister duo of Call Your Sister Podcast, a podcast for related and unrelated sisters everywhere. Every week we call each other to discuss topics like motherhood, sex, yeah, we do have sex, dating, Latinidad, mental health, and much, much more. We're highly opinionated and love talking to each other. So sit back, relax, and listen to these two real-life sisters talk about everything under the sun. Don't forget to ask a fellow sister her thoughts on today's episode. Remember to subscribe, share, and tell us what you think. You ready, sis? I'm ready. Are you ready, sis? Bueno, let's talk. Hello, hello, hello again. Welcome to a new episode of Call Your Sister Podcast. <laughs> and you still laugh. Every, I tried every, to hold you in so bad this time. <laughs> every episode, you laugh. Anyway, I am Astrid. And I'm Alex. And today, we actually have a special guest. We have Cheyenne Tyler Jacobs. Hey, thank y'all for having me. Of course. Welcome, welcome. So we wanted to have like a special episode um, dedicated mostly to suicide prevention. Um, But before we get into that, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Cheyenne. She is the founder of the She Will Speak series. She is the author of a poetry collection called The Tragic Type of Beautiful. Um, she is a poet, one really good poet, I think, anyway, with spoken word. And um, she's an overall badass advocate for... Yes, girl. Yes, rape survivors and mental health. Hey. Um, She's also known on Instagram, in case y'all want to follow. Uh, <laughs> she will speak. We'll put in all your plugs. Yep. And um, she's the, the podcast host over on, as I was saying, um, podcast. Which, yes, I love the new uh, graphic that you did for yeah, that. Go ahead, girl. So, I, love it too. I was like... I feel like I finally have art that matched what I was trying to do the first time, but you know, graphics <laughs> is not my full thing. Um, so I'm, I'm blessed. You know, we got, we reached a thousand downloads when I released hey. it on August the 25th. Ooh. So it was exciting. I'm so happy. And I'm so happy to be on y'all's new podcast. Like y'all are doing so like, this is so amazing. The topics that y'all have been having. Thank far. you. We trying, girl. <laughs> yeah, we try. Which actually, yes, we've had what about close to three hundred or just over three hundred mm. now. Yeah. yeah, so we getting there. Thank you to everybody who has reviewed the podcast, who has shared it. You know, we got to keep these conversations going. So yeah. first, let's do a little check in. How was your weekend, Alex? Um, my weekend was good. So what I do Friday? Friday, I just kind of hung out. I really didn't do anything special. And then to yesterday, I hung out with you and our family. Aww. So that was nice. We had um, we had a, a recent death in our family. So our family's currently in, mo- in mourning. So that was really nice to, you know, feel all the love that we have for each other. Mm-hmm. I went on a date. Ooh, how was that? <laughs> <laughs> Sips water. 
Yeah, right. Just like that, Cheyenne. Mm. I mean, the movie was nice. What did I see? Uh, Tenet. Tenet. I don't What's think I heard about that one. one. Yeah. I heard that one. Tenet, so it's hard to explain. So it's a black film. It's the main reason why we wanted to go watch it. But the movie itself, they have to go like forward and backwards in time. It's really hard to explain it. But it was a really dope movie. You just have to really concentrate because you'll be like, wait. I was going to say, it sounds like... They're in the future and they're in the past now. They're in the pa- they're going past and then they're going future and then they're going, okay, got it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, one of them films that you have mm-hmm. to watch. Like, it's like Inception. Time. So you know how Inception is the, how they go into all the different dream realms? It's mm-hmm. like that, but with time. Mm. But you were like, yeah, you really got to be paying attention or you're going to miss it. Like, you blink. You went to go get popcorn. It's like, wait, what happened? Yeah, and I was like, wait. Like, I looked down. I was like, wait, where are they? but that's what i did what you do this weekend sis um what i do uh friday uh i i was doing my little uber eats yes i was delivering (laughs) making some money i was all make them girl yes i was all over town and then you forgot we were watching the Vanessa That's what I was like, do Friday? Because I saw you, bitch, on Friday, <laughs> too. Weekend. So, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm really sitting here trying to think, like, what did I do Friday? Yeah, we saw that. Um, so we saw that on Friday. Then Saturday, yeah, I went to go, you know, visit our good aunt. And, yeah, that's about it. Oh, did I have some edit? i haven't had mine yet i'll have mine today you haven't no because i need to be in a certain like space i just this weekend i've just been up in the go all weekend so i was like yeah i'm not not having this and then be in the store stuck Mm. (laughs) how about you cheyenne what did you do um, well, this weekend I was working, um, I'm binge watching Criminal Minds on Netflix. I'm actually very happy that they put that on there because I don't, as crazy as it sounds, like, I don't like violence, but I be loving them Law and Order and Criminal, like, Minds type. I like the way people's minds work. Like, I like guessing right. who the unsub is. Like, dang it. You know, she she was rocking that necklace. It was her all along. Like, I, I really be, some people have shows on as background noise. I really be, like, all up in it. Like, all up in the episode trying to, like, do it like I'm in the BAU, right? Um, so that's one thing. We already spoke before we hit record. Astrid's been, <laughs> you know, my adopted big sis in this. Dude broke my heart, literally. Perfect. Alex, you before you got on the call, Astrid gave it a name. I think, Astrid, you need to coin the professional ghost. Like, he, he essentially professionally ghosted me. Like, ghosted <laughs> me to where he could show his friends and himself, like, look, I was nice to her, and, like, she can still text me, but, like, you don't actually want me to talk to you. Like, we, like, it's established, like, there's no conversation. Yeah, so, you became a trophy. He did, what's the name of that movie? I need to look it up. The one with Morris Chestnut and, um, damn. Me, me and Alex, like, Morris Chestnut, like, going through all the movies with him. And right, I'm me. like, yeah. which one? The one with Gabby. And Jamie Foxx. The one where he gets fired from the job and he does the whole reverse psychology on chicks. What's the name of that damn movie? That was it two, is it, was it two, two can play that game? No, it's not two can play that game. Is it? It might be breaking all the rules. 
we're all like mm. yeah where they have like a three month commitment thing I think it's breaking all the rules it might be that one where he's been having like a tough time and he's like abruptly dumped by his fiance um, oh yeah 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 yeah. I have to look it up to him that's literally what he did to you Cheyenne so he come in he do the whole reverse psychology where he makes you feel bad about the breakup but he gets to move on and do whatever because he's literally dumped all this negative energy on you and you're still sitting here stuck while he's right quote unquote living his best life literally Mm -hmm. alex like i'm struggling i'm this i'm that and then text watch it watch it girl bring all the rules that's like something for you to do I okay, yeah. that's gonna be one of my things. Like you said, like I'm this, I'm that, but how I hit you up, you live in your best life. Like you said, now I, I how am I the one stuck? And this <laughs> these not my issues. So what have I been like really what I've been doing, I feel like is though um getting advice. So I've learned that I should leave my room to do a lot of my growth work because sitting as I now know in my four walls is just letting all of it soak in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like this weekend I've actually just been being really honest with myself and honest with like a lot of the things I allowed to happen and like I said I think the biggest thing I learned this weekend for myself was like I'm not and I should not have to but I'm no longer begging people to stay in my life and treat me good like if you want to leave like how Lizzo's like let them like like or like Lizzo said walk yourself out the door like you know what you even gotta leave I got you I'm out so I'm my own soulmate y'all know that song So you need, I, you need to I'm look like, at yourself in the mirror and be like, "Bitch, you the one." You know, right, <laughs> right. So me to I'm, me, my right. energy right now, all and all. <laughs> right, you walking out the door. I'm trying to do Lizzo, like walk your fine self at, like, oh, I right, auditions were done. Great, like, sorry, I didn't get the role. Like, so that's really my energy this weekend is trying to get to that honest spot of. Bye. You're trying Please. to, you got to switch that. No. You will get to get over it. Stuff. You I'm will. done. He ain't shit. Right. On. Right. Speak in present tense. Yes. Done. Like, you will be there. Fuck that, you know. It's, it's not going to be like this forever. Like, it is what it is. And in a way, you got to be thankful to these people who actually decide to leave your life because they're allowing space for something real to really come along instead of just wasting your time on nonsense. So that's the better way to, that's the silver lining in it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Take advice from the married one, not the single one. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess. Um, all right. So as far as updates, for our dear old sisters. So Vanessa Guillen, we actually watched the ABC the special. Yeah, mm-hmm. that they had on ABC this weekend on Friday. Um, I don't think they really gave us anything new. Did you? No, nothing new. Um, they just said the same things over and over. Uh, I didn't feel like a lot of the people on that special really answered to any of the questions directly they kind of the only the only real 
Yeah, the only real thing that I think I gained was there's a lot of stuff going on over there in Fort Hood. Like Right, like that thing about Morales. I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, like, so if we sit on that for a minute, like, so... So hold on, Cheyenne. Did you hear, did you watch that um, special that they had? I did. I work overnight, so I ain't gonna hold you anything after two p.m. I don't know what exists in the world. So, all right. So, so this is, I, I was listening to like this. This news to me. I, I know what happened, but I did. I had no idea there was. So in the the special, I, I think you can probably look it up and see it on like abc.com. But on there, they were talking about how they found this other soldier's remains while they were looking for Vanessa. So they found this guy. Um, Gregory Morales as remains um and they listed him as being AWOL so they didn't even try to find him or report him missing they just said that he was AWOL so Mm -hmm. he was a deserted soldier they kind of just like danced over it like oh yeah we found these bones and it was to this guy but moving right along like hold like you right. like have a heart wait a minute wait like, what you mean you found something? like they didn't bring it up they just said they found this other man soldiers they didn't connect it to vanessa's like murder or anything they just by the way we found this too but anyways which is messed up because my question to that is so if you have a soldier who's always coming to base and something happens and they don't return like so like, how do you go from that to saying they went AWOL? Right. Like, at what point do they consider them missing? Yeah, like, unless they said they sent you a letter saying, fuck y'all, you know what I'm saying, and got right. on a plane. Like, how would you consider a soldier going AWOL for going missing? Like, what is that that line What's that cut off? Right. So that was one of the questions that that came up for me. Then the other thing is... I think I had sent you the link. Um, there's been a lot of other things that's happened in Fort Wood that, Hood. Oh, Fort Hood, I'm sorry, <laughs> Fort Hood that has been dealing with um, reporting like sexual assault and stuff. There's been mm-hmm. people who've been hanged, people who have been killed, um, and a lot of them are Hispanics. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it has to be like up in the chain of command somewhere has because to be. every time they report it, something happens. Legit. Right. And I'm sorry. Um, I don't even like to get into the whole politics, but it irked the shit out of me when I saw the mom sitting there with Trump and mm-hmm. Trump didn't even say, I'm so sorry that you have to go through this. He just went right into, you know, we'll get to the bottom of this. And, you know, I know this he guy. Didn't even is a great guy. Her, like, Nothing. He didn't even like soothe her. Nothing. I was like, wow. She's sitting like, you ever been in a room and see somebody crying their eyes out, right? Right. See somebody doing that, like instinct is i don't know about you i'm an empath so i'm gonna go up to that person offer them a hug rub their back give, give them some tissue something. something he sat there with his hands crossed like with that face there. with that's that face fair. i was yeah. like Yo. wait wait this one that he does right yes there you go with the perky look yeah mm-hmm. orange yes mm-hmm it's mm-hmm. exactly how I can see I was, it all. Like I can see it as soon as Alex <laughs> was like, ready to jump through the TV. I was like, if he don't give her a tissue, like, bruh, give her a tissue at minimum. Nothing. Yes, she said no. pretend. Like, like you know, at least try. <laughs> like, 
nothing. And I don't think he is doing anything, but you know, hey, whatever. He got bigger fish to fry, right? Like the U.S. Postal Office. Anyway, so Brianna Taylor. (laughs) Any updates? Not Trump supporters. (laughs) Brianna, nothing. I didn't see anything on the news or anything about her this week. I know that they was trying to get um, her her man's to say that she was involved with drugs, which is like. Mm-hmm. the desperation like think about that too like he in jail because now at this point you're just trying to ruin everybody's life just, yeah, just, to prove, yeah. just to prove that y'all was right so he facing like life in prison and you like yo we'll take your sentence down or you can get off just say she was dealing drugs and it really is like that that's that's how desperate y'all are yeah no he's doing a civil suit against them so it's, props it's, to him that was terrible like that was like he's like nope he, yeah, he, I went on a whole rant about that last week. I was like, y'all not about to... Y'all not about to yeah, that was the last thing I heard about it. And I was just like, wow. That's mm-hmm. the level of desperation we're at. Yo, say that she did it and like, you won't have to go to jail. Yeah, like, let's do this six months after the fact. Right, right like, I feel they ran the numbers. Down. Let, they yeah, ran the numbers and was like, oh, we ain't got nothing. Let's yeah, see. So let's just make this lie up six months now i just think that it's messed up especially the way women are treated especially the way colored you know women of color are treated um because with brianna taylor nothing has came this woman was sleeping in her house wasn't involved in anything and was killed and now you're trying to tie her to something like you didn't even catch her in the act you don't have anything that has to deal with that nothing and like it's just it's ridiculous the whole thing is ridiculous and then even when we were watching the vanessa guillang thing the main officer who was trying to explain everything for the damn base was a black woman oh yeah that was the other thing oh my god and you can tell that that woman was like fuck it i'll I'll take one for the team but you can tell like before they recorded her she was bawling her eyes out you ever see like her eyes were puffy they were red Mm -hmm. and i was like i can't believe they did this to this black woman they put this black woman as the face of the investigator like team in the base Mm -hmm. and she basically had to take ownership as to why they didn't um why didn't they say that she was missing why they're saying they apparently nobody heard anything on base why they let the what's his name robinson get out once they arrested him because he got out and he magically got out with a gun and then committed suicide Mm -hmm. and then the whole thing about not having cameras in that area yeah this really black lady i mean they made a black woman sit in front of the camera and take ownership for all of that that's the most fucked up thing they could have done I don't care if she was the only person in that like division. The issue got a white man to do it. Cause we know Your she ain't the, the one. We know she ain't the one calling the shots. So we 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 the cleanup crew. That's why. That's fucked up. That's though. messed up. I was sitting there like, yo, I know they didn't they didn't do this black lady like this. Like you can tell, like she is still like trying to. Like deal. she was hurt. Like she couldn't mm-hmm. even like fathom the fact that she's up there saying what she was saying type of thing was how she looked. Yeah, and she had to sit there and take ownership. And and we, and we, I was like, what? <laughs> That's fine. I was like, I know they didn't do this to this black lady. Now, now, I'll give it to you, though. 
she was good at just sticking to the facts, sticking to the, well, this is the policy and this is what we did, you know, and she even, you know, said, you know, me as a mother, you know, like she connected a little bit of her personal, but it was just like, damn, the fact that they have you up here though, like, and we know for a fact, especially with it being military, she is not the one calling the shots. She is not the one creating these policies. She is just following protocol. That, I thought that was a setup. I was angry. I was like, I know they're not making her take the brunt of all of this publicly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did her dirty. Yes. So dirty. So now that we're going to get on the main topic of today's episode, I just want to take this time to put out a trigger warning for anyone who may be listening. Um, we understand that conversations involving very important issues such as suicide can be triggering for many. So we want you to practice self-care during and after. And even if this is your point of saying goodbye to us, we understand your health comes first. Um, So we just wanted to make sure that we advise you before you continue moving forward. Mm. Yeah. So now that we got that out the way, um, suicide, um, at least according to psychiatry.org that I looked up, um, it is, it is said to be the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. And the second leading cause of death, according, you know, after accidents for people aged 10 to 34, uh, suicide is a serious, serious public health problem. In 2016, in the United States, nearly 45,000 people died by suicide. And the rate of suicide has increased every year since 2006. An estimated 1.3 million adults attempt suicide each year. According to the Centers of Disease Control um, and Prevention, also known as CDC, and more than one in five people who died by suicide had expressed their suicide intent. Um, this was a, an article that I actually found in psychiatry um, dot org patients and family about suicide prevention um so this is where we will you know as cheyenne um tell us about your story and your experience with suicide cheyenne so um the first time i like i can early early recall actually you know experiencing suicidal ideations which um later like we can definitely talk about the difference because there's a difference between like actively you know having the means and a plan to committing suicide and like suicidal ideations which is actually something you know quite a few people you know consider it's like you're having everything's just falling to pieces and like you look over like the the ledge of something and you're like what if i just fall that's that's an ideation of like what if what if this just all went away right but that's very different than someone who's like the plan so for me my first 
recollection of suicidal ideation was like I was eight years old and I if I'm not mistaken it's like I wrote something in school basically like I I want to kill myself like I, I want to end my life and you know I remember like obviously especially because I'm made like they bring my parents in like they talk about it and um it those thoughts didn't go away right and I think you know especially we're I mean this is we're a group of women of color at this point right and I think we can all pretty much agree that within our communities suicide and mental health isn't talked about because I think one of the biggest like demons I've had to battle and still sometimes struggle with is like I still to this day sometimes don't feel like my parents got me the adequate help even from that day like you have an eight-year-old that said they want to kill themselves and it's like it was just like stop being dramatic it's like Mm -hmm. you didn't take me to therapy you didn't say like what would make an eight right because in their world you know therapy was like frowned upon or frowned upon um, i I literally was told white people had it i only i literally was told only white people had mental health problems right and this is now what you're putting on an eight-year-old so you know um as i got older i i was bullied a lot i was teased a lot like most people i love every now and again when i throw it out there on instagram like i'm six two people be like wow i'm tall and you know tall, awkward. I'm from predominantly white community. I'm black, you know? So it's like, I had all of the makings of the the typical kid who's going to get made fun of Mm -hmm. mixed in with already being like a very, as I'm sure y'all know, I'm a very soft soul. Like I'm a very like, yo, like I see someone else cry. I cry what they cry for. I don't know, but now I'm sad too. So like, Mm -hmm. I already am a very, and I'm, and I'm learning, um, shout out to Astrid's life coaching. I'm learning to not <laughs> deny, yes, plugged you on your own thing. I'm learning not to deny my emotions and just lean into them and more shall manage them because, you know, because people always made it, you're, I've always heard my whole life, you're dramatic. You're too emotional. You need tough skin. Instead of recognizing that I'm the person everybody go to when they need, like I'm the person my parents go to when they need to talk. So obviously I got something, right? So I remember it was middle school, still being made fun of. And I didn't care about school, but you know, my parents were like, you need to like see all these white kids winning awards. You see this, you see that you need to be successful. And again, I'm not bashing them because I understand, like you said, Alex, their timeline, what that, their time, that's what it was. Like they wanted us to be better. They, They wanted us to be successful. And I'm thankful for how far my parents pushed me. And I'm really am thankful for, you know, them wanting to instill with me, like, you know, we just want you to work hard. But again, the mental health that goes with that. So one day I just, you know, I did good on a test and kids were like, oh, well, can you help me with mine? And I realized, I think that's where even the codependency on people started because I realized when I did stuff for people, they treated me nicer. You know, when I was smart, you know, people didn't pick on me because they needed me. Mm-hmm. So I kind of never really healed from that demon of not feeling enough, feeling like I don't belong. I just kind of was able to shift it to like, well, I belong by doing stuff for people, right? So when I got to college, that's actually when it like really got bad because I remember I got a C, I was getting a C. First thing I ever got in my life since high school in an accounting class. And I literally had a panic attack, dropping my books, like I'm going to kill myself talking to my parents on the student center and they're like Cheyenne like get it together what's the problem um I'm in a sorority I remember there was like the point where I got really low in college where like my line sisters were taking like alcohol in my room they was doing room sweeps like they was the RA like okay um you're on shift with her tonight you know Cheyenne where you going like my um Astrid actually follows one of my line sisters Bea on Instagram was like I remember one day she was getting makeup done in her in my dorm watching me like so you not leaving tonight because, you know, 
know, but like she gonna sit here with you because I'm gonna go out. But it's like it's funny now, but like back then it was like, yo, I'm really happy that they held it down. So went through that, and then the final. Well, let me rephrase. The last like uh, like uh, written the letter attempt was like October of 2017. And I was like, I had a bunch of just sleeping pills. At the time I was in New York, I was living in New York and I just felt like so inadequate. You know, I felt like I disappointed my family. I felt like I was supposed to be this person to like, you know, and again, as a woman of color, I'm sure we feel it like, and I'm not the oldest sibling, but I'm the oldest girl. It's like, I was supposed to pick up the family. Like you, like, you know, all of y'all, we want all of y'all to make it, but I felt like you, you have them, like you supposed to make it. So right. it's like, I just felt like that was not happening. And honestly, what saved me from like, even that, or like was one of my friends, Matt had called me and I didn't like, I didn't go through it. But like when I was in college, I did like, I ran away. I self-harmed. I actually had to be institutionalized for a little bit. And even, you know, recently, because I think we're not talking about even the stress of 2020, like let's call it what it is. People have had people physically die. Like I've had people die. You know, like as as much as I laughed about my past relationships ending, because I actually was engaged, um, had to send, essentially got broken up with, but I had to say it because it wouldn't have ended. Then had this one end. And like all of those insecurities of the past came back to where a lot of those suicidal like ideations were very heavy. And during college is when I first started trying to like do therapy and I actually went through three therapists until I found the one that like I still talk to today. Um, and actually to plug in, um, black, uh, black female therapists and therapy for black girls. That's actually where I found my therapist. Interesting enough, like two of my friends DM'd me the same profile on Instagram from black female therapists. And then I just reached out to them and contacted them. And yeah, so that's, that's really my journey. It's, I think with everyone's journey of mental health, especially if it's suicidal ideations and suicide, sometimes it's like, you know, like as of recently, it, it got really bad. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like I had a letter drafted. I was very much like going to go through with it. And then it's like, cause I just felt like how I did in 2017 in these past few weeks and it it almost scared me because i'm like i've never felt i haven't felt this bad in three years um but having you know to really utilize what i've learned over these past years to get myself out of that mindset and to like surround myself with people who you know don't know that they've been helping me get out that mindset mm -hmm. so thank you so much for sharing cheyenne um i know that these are hard things to share but if you could like take us back um you said when it started when you were eight years old um what was available back then like was there like a crisis center that you could call or was that just more See, recent i i so the history because i i actually it's a great question i've never really looked into the history of mental health but i feel like um, the way I, the way I am with like a lot, and I'm so happy, like I'm, you, like that you said, I'm just really passionate about my work and like ending ge like gender-based violence prevention. And like, I work with homelessness, right? I'm very into social narratives because I feel that's what drives a lot of our culture. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like when I was eight years old, the social narratives for mental health, I think as a whole was there, you know, like I'm, I'm pretty sure. Cause I have some researches up like the Trevor lifeline, which is for folks like in the LGBTQA plus community. I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, that's like a recent hotline. And like the trans lifeline is a, is a, is a recent hotline. Yeah. I don't think they would have been much of. 
I like think resources back then, like free resources anyway. Right, right. So it's like those two lifelines, which are very helpful, for example, um, because that's a community where, you know, I'm sure mental health is at a high with violence and with, you know, acceptance from family. And I think in the past five years, those lifelines, you know, were started. Um, so I don't think there was relatively much available or it was more so on, again, not suicidal ideations. Like we needed to see that you self-harmed yourself or you did something where we're going to send you to a facility. It was not where- Or I'm, you're crying for attention. That's what they used to say too. Yeah, I, that's what I got. Like I, I remember being, I think it was actually high school. I w- and I had a whole breakdown in front of my parents and they kind of just looked at me like, so are you done? And, I, and it's like, I can't even express because like, again, I don't know if, if either you've had a breakdown or anyone listening has, but you literally feel like your body, like I've never been, I've never um, overdosed or been on drugs before, but it feels like that's what's happening. Like the way people tell you what happens when you're on drugs or you're detoxing feels, mm-hmm. it literally felt like my body was ripping apart. And then to have no resources to be to just literally like to say you're fine. I didn't feel like there was any research. Like I honestly felt for a long time until, you know, college and having people in my life who were therapists in their work say, maybe you should talk to a therapist. So I went through basically 20 years of my life, you know, 16, if we know eh, about 10, if we start from like eight or so thinking that, you know, I didn't need a, re- not only did resources not exist for me, but I didn't need a resource because mm-hmm. I was just making it all up. Right. You were mm-hmm. crying for attention. Yeah. That attention. You're dramatic just grow grow like you know get some thick skin this world is hard instead of someone being like like i said like yo you're a kid and you want to like because again a kid is a kid is supposed to be that a kid i work Mm. i used to work with children i worked with you know kids at camp and if a child expressed something to that to me knowing what i know i'd be highly concerned because what is happening in your like what is happening to make you say those words that is very concerning even if they are crying for attention like it should still be like yeah why and again why do you need to get attention that way even if it Mm -hmm. again like if we want to use argument oh it's for attention why do you feel that's how you have to get it like you said it's still it's still a concern right either way no one was looking at it like that right and i want to get back to that comment um But before I get into that, I wanted to make sure, like, for the people listening, some of the warning signs, um, as you mentioned, one of the biggest things that people who are suicidal will say is, like, I wish I wasn't here, Mm -hmm. or nothing matters. Um, And then it becomes, you know, they say it more and more often. So some of those warning signs, it's like increased alcohol or drug use, Um, aggressive behavior, withdrawal from friends, family, and community, dramatic mood swings, impulsive or reckless behavior. Um, Obviously, we know, you know, suicidal behavior can be like you're collecting or saving pills or even buying a weapon because you're Mm -hmm. deciding to finally go through with this. Um, giving away possessions, tying up loose ends, like organizing personal papers or paying off debts, saying like they're basically re- getting ready to right, right. saying saying goodbye to friends and family. Um, which I think these go, um, like I I think people don't really put two and two together. 
they just be like, oh, they must just be having one of those days. But this is like serious, you know? Um, And this is according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Mm -hmm. Um, You can read a, a lot about the you know all these things yeah. the warning signs even risk factors like if a person's had like a family history of suicide substance abuse intoxication access and, to firearms and also with with the biggest thing too because like you said it's hard to notice and um when i used to work at the the shelter for my i worked with adolescents who were homeless we did like a mental i think it's a mental health first aid and i did a bunch of mental health certifications and courses and even with my own experience, a big thing to sometimes, because we think, you know, again, suicide is like you said, the mental condition of like you wanting to end your life, but we forget everything that comes out of it. People are depressed. Someone's anxious. There's, you know, someone's experienced PTSD. So it's like, we forget that people have high functioning depression. Like I, I, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I'm happy that social media even not to say makes light of it but makes light of it to know like yo like have you gone to work and just cried in the bathroom and then come out and then you cry here and it's like yeah you know depression and it's like no but that's real like there are people who they may not be in their bed laying there they can very well quote unquote function in this society which we say is functioning but still be vibrating at a very low energy or still be and still have yeah. right or like behind closed doors when they experience everything right or it's or it's like you said like if you're anxious like i'm very i'm i'm i manage it you know and i'm still learning how to manage but i'm very like i'm hyper vigilant all those things right so a lot of also those signs especially the ones astrid listed because a lot of those are like you said a lot of the ending signs right you might not notice them because the person could have a smile on their face like they're like oh you know i found you know, we used, we remember when we went to the carnival and you got me this and it's like, I think it'd be better off with you. And you're just like, oh, okay. Because they seem okay. like, and that's actually, you know, a big warning sign too. What a lot of people don't know about and, you know, is when someone goes, so I, I've heard it best um, when I went to a training like this, a lot of times we think the person at the low energy level is very in a dangerous spot. But like they said, I've experienced that. You can't even get up and take a shower. Mm-hmm. Like you're in, but you can't do anything. Honestly, that person, although very concerned, you should be concerned, they mm-hmm. are actually safer than the person who gets their energy back that still has suicidal ideation because now they have energy. Mm-hmm. And now I can go out to the store and like Ashton said, buy, buy a means to end my life. Whereas if I'm in the bed, it's like, okay, she won't even eat. She won't do this. She won't do that. The likelihood and the percentage of like you doing something because the energy is not there. So that's also something with a lot of these signs too, which is a very dangerous zone is when you're getting someone back up to a point of like, you know, them managing their mental health, that, that brief gap of that energy level still with suicide ideation is actually very dangerous because yeah. they could be smiling in your face and be like, I've, I've accepted it. And, you know, some more warning signs, just a few I wanted to point out, which is a big one, is actually a change in appearance. And again, a lot of it is all of it together. It's not, you know... I, I say it all the time, like my glasses were my first breakup glasses of 2020. Like I was like, oh, okay, broke up. Let me get some glasses. Broke <laughs> up. Let me cut my hair. Right. But if mm-hmm. somebody always wears colors and now they were in black and it's like, you know, they, they like have a short haircut. You've never seen them. It's like, are you okay? It's like, yeah. Okay. Now they're depressed. And you know, now they're withdrawing from activities. That's like, okay, wait a minute. Like, are you okay? And a lot of those things sometimes it's hard to track because it could just be like i said i've heard the joke all the time woman goes through a breakup we color our hair mm-hmm. you know, it's just oh i just want to change 
but it really is you and which is like you said important to know these signs because the people closest to this person you know how they are so i just wanted to especially add the point about when your energy goes up don't think that you don't have to worry about this person anymore like that like that is false in fact again that is when they're like i'm okay enough to drive to the car and and you know get medicine or get that i have a couple friends who um have suicidal ideation from time to time and i just have to be really mindful of certain words they say in certain sentences like they'll joke around like oh i can drive off this cliff and i'm like don't play with me on like that we're not playing with me on the phone like this Mm -mm. right and and for me myself because again i'm very like with my close close friends when i go through these things i'm very open with letting them know so like i'll sometimes openly say like this is what i'm thinking but i'm not i'm not in immediate danger like i'll like i am not in immediate danger you know i i am this i am that and a lot of times for them it's when you know the few occasions where i don't say that or it's like i just go ghost you know and it's like then they're like because again it's knowing someone's patterns i talk to the same five people about you know every day or at least i somehow have a communication one day goes by okay maybe you're going through something two days go by three where's cheyenne we know we know how cheyenne works cheyenne always talking so if you ain't here from cheyenne you ain't here for okay where like where is she right and so it's it really is again not uh, to your point alex like not trying to be overbearing on somebody but really knowing these person's patterns like what are the so like for you how how would you want your friends to kind of do their check-in with you because everybody wants it differently right some people want all right a text and the phone call is good for me some other people like no i need them to physically come and spend time with me at home so like for you what worked best so realistically and this is where um especially even with my move it's hard because i only have like one person here and not that it's hard like i love um one of my my best friends here but i'm more of like the i would like to be in space with people and actually like that's why I do try to check in with a lot of people. So for me, it really is like, if you text me, I'll let you know. Like, if you're like, hey, I'll tell you, honestly, I am not in a good headspace. Can I call you? Or there have been times, like, there are times I've texted Ashley, like, I, I honestly can't call you. I am not coherent. You're just going to hear a bunch of blubbering. I can, if I text you, I can get my thoughts out a lot clearer because I'm reading it. Um, but again, I'm also someone who's been through a couple years of therapy at this point you know Cheyenne back in college was just like quiet like I don't know y'all tell me what y'all need to like because I didn't know you know what I needed and you know again I would say like I would advise for you know anyone that's actually even a good question just to ask somebody like how can I support you because again you know needing space even needing space like in if someone's going through ideations like I, I actually maybe just need a few hours to myself that's fine I've had friends say straight up that's fine you got to text me though at 3 p.m. Right. You got to text me or my best friend, you know, she's in the military. I think to this day, she still got my location. You know, mm-hmm. she was like, I, I want your location. She's like, no, I, I want, I want to know where you are. It's like, you know, at this time, send me your location. Okay. Why are you here? Where is this place? And again, it's understanding your friends. To so some people, they're like, maybe that's excessive. No, cause she knows she's seen me at my, at my bad moments to know you know, again, sometimes I would just run off. Like, it'd yeah, be like- I mean, I have a friend that I have. She look when when she's there, I'm, share your location with me. <laughs> right, you're there, and where and you're you at reason. for the and, next twenty four hours. And you can't reason, and that's not a bad thing. But again, like me, even having this conversation to talk about it, it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's it's pretty much like this is what these look like. 
if you were to probably talk to him and say to mine, like, again, like I've, I've talked to you before, Alex, Asher, I talked to you every day. I'll probably tell Asher, like scream, like, leave me alone. Why are you talking to me? Run off. And it's like, wait a minute. Like you're, it's, it's like you, it sometimes feels like you're a whole different person. And then when you come down, you're like, I apologize for that. Right. And so I think it's also having people around who understand that. And like I said, I'm, at a better place where it doesn't happen as frequently. It's a better place where I I can know my emotions to be like, I'm sorry, I snapped at you. You know, if I sound a little mad, it's just that it's, it's a lot right now. Um, Mm -hmm. But I definitely think like asking someone how to show up, but to your point, knowing what you see in front of you, like if you know somebody just be driving off in their car, like, Oh, I just, you know, I just drove into the next state location. Right. So I know um, one of the great things uh, that you can do for someone is asking, like how you said, like, can I help you call your therapist? Um, because a lot of people, you know, hoping that they do have access to a therapist, yes. but many may not. Um, one of the biggest, I want to say one of the things that people don't take into account when it comes to suicide is that although, and this is according to the National Alliance on Mental Health, although more women than men attempt suicide, men are nearly four times more likely to die by suicide. And one, one of at least what I'm finding is one of the patterns is like men really struggle with seeking therapy. So a lot of them, it it seems it, um, for them, it seems like they're weak. I've heard, um, like I've heard a couple men like, Oh, I won't seek therapy because that makes me weak or it makes me seem like I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. I don't have a problem. Right. And so, because in like, regardless of how we feel about him, but I respect him for like, I respect Charlemagne the God for not only seeing a therapist, but literally on his show. Y'all, so I spoke to my therapist last week and she said right. some really dope shit. And he you said, know you know, we're digging into this part of therapy. Right, like, and he <laughs> said, like, I would say, well, my homegirl Thursday, and she tried to kick it. And it's like, but I respect him for making it a normal conversation, which is when I started doing it, like, yo, you know, I'll be speaking to my therapist sometimes. She says some really dope shit the other day. And it's like, I think for men, especially men of color, right? It, I feel mm-hmm. like it even goes back to the way you know, we as women know about therapy. It's like, it, like you said, it makes you weak. It makes you, because now think about it. I feel like, and, it, and it's coming down from the generational trauma. We already have society's view on us. Now you're going to add mental health to the mix. It's like, no. And many times, if I'm not mistaken, men use more lethal weapons. Like it is more common for a man to use a gun, like to kill him. Like he, he is good. Like it is more common for him to use a gun. Whereas like maybe women, it's like pills or, or some type of like, like a hanging or something where it's like, you know, and it's like they said, it's not, like you said, it's not a cry for help, but something where it's like, like a process, right? Because it's just, it's like, it's like a process. Like you are experiencing this where men, it's more like cutthroat, like that's it. Um, And I think it, it is a lot of, you know, it needs to have a lot of conversation. And actually the biggest thing, and I think Ashley, you said it earlier in this episode, um, which is where I think our social narrative on mental health, especially suicide needs to change because I'm a big believer that a lot of people look at it as somebody wants to die. And I, 
I personally tell people, I was like, no, I was like, someone wants to stop feeling pain. Right. And, yeah. And dying feels right. like the option. If you're looking at it like you want to die, you 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 missed the you missed it. They mm. don't want to feel pain. So death is how I don't feel pain. Eighty percent, eighty percent, especially of like adolescents who want to commit suicide, they want somebody to know about it. That's mm-hmm. why, like you said, they, they subconsciously are saying these things. Oh, well, what if I, because they want you, they might fight. Like I said, it I, is I, a cry. Like, so that's why I'd be like, all right, you guys are saying it's a cry for help, but it, it really, it, 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 it is it's a it, it legit really, cry. Like it's really a legit did. cry for help. They don't and, know how else to again, ask. We, we make it a negative connotation. Oh, you're, it's like, you're crying. No, but you really are. You want someone to do something. And you know, I actually, because it is suicide prevention month, my, Again, my line sister that made the call for me in college, oh, I was mad at her for years. We've been graduated how long now? We always butted heads. And actually, um, when Astrid asked me to come on this podcast and talk about it, I thought about even my recent ideations. I was like, you know, thank, because that's another thing too. And like, I'm getting like emotional thinking about it. I was like, thank you for caring about me so much for me to be willing to hate you because you wanted to help me. Because I think that's a big thing too. It's it's a big it's a big, you know, thing for somebody to to make those calls, knowing that this person might hate them. Like I hated her, but she knew that she had to do that. And I was like, thank you, because it's like, you you really allowed me to just be so mad at you, when it's like, you did what you felt had to be done, and so it's like you know I I. I feel like so many times we, when we think about suicide, we don't realize that people want help. And it's just, it's hard because it's like you want help, but at the same time, it's like, what is like, what type of help is there? Like I said, especially with me as of recently, the biggest struggle I was having was like, I've done therapy, I've done all these things. And it's like, okay, well, what else are my options? And, you know, so really having those conversations with my therapist and like people around me, cause it's like, you know, I've done all the options they say to do. And it's like, what, what are they? So it's like, you know, it, it's, it's a really, like Astrid said, it's a, you know, I just got very emotional about it, but it's like, it's, it's a very tough subject because it's like, everybody experiences these things differently. But I think the biggest thing is we need to stop thinking about it as someone wants to die. Somebody wants to stop feeling pain. Like that, that is, that is, that is what, that is what they're asking. And death is the only option at this point. Like they probably went through all the options and it was like, okay, that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. So okay. now you just they got tried to-, to feel better and it, it just doesn't, it doesn't it feel work. it. Man. Well, first, thank you, Cheyenne. Um, we do know that this is a difficult subject and we thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing your story and for continuing to take these options um, to better your mental health and to stay with us today. We're thankful that you are with us today. For sure. So if you could tell us um, what helps you most when you're like in the eye of the storm of the suicidal thoughts. So I feel you know, my, because I am, as we know, like, a, I'm a poet, I feel the best thing that helps me is, is to write about it. Because I, I, I forgot who asked me it. Somebody was like, you know, sometimes when people see poets or they hear us talk, they think we're really good with our feelings. 
And I tell people, like, I don't know who told you that lie. I'm like, because I write so I can understand what I feel. Like, my writing is like, oh, okay, you mad at them. Okay, great. Like, that. thank you. Thank you for needing to, like, do a whole, like, spoken word, like, slam piece to, like, get to the bottom of it, right? (laughs) But when I write things down, it's like I can read it and I can understand what's happening. And I think when I'm in the eye, first of all, I am a big believer in, like, I believe in God, and I'm a big believer, whether we call it the universe, divine intervention, like, you know, a lot of these times I've been at my worst, like, my, like, one of my friends, Matt, like, he, very busy, he's a singer, all these different things, but I promise you, it seems like he calls anytime I'm in, like, the eye of the storm, like, he literally, I'm like, you got, like, a, like, an alert, like, when my mental (laughs) health is just, like, whoop, like, and it's, like, he, he just always seems to, like, hey, like, how are you doing? And I'm like, thank you for calling. Let me, and he's like, okay, I got you, right? Um, but I will also say, I think, like, and to your point, um, the privilege of being able to go to therapy, because it's a privilege that I have the access to that. Mm-hmm. And it's a privilege even that I had the opportunities I did to go to school, because if it wasn't even for me, you know, going to college and, and, pledging and doing all these things like the friends that I have like you know for example like you know Asher like you're a life coach right one of my line my line and she's a whole she got a whole doctor she's a whole therapist um my other friends they they are very strong-willed and work in these preventions so it's like I also have friends who it's like this is their work or this is what they do and it's like not many people can say that so I also want to acknowledge that I feel that you know that's a privilege but I also want to say to show that it's, I have all these resources, but like we just said, I still struggle every day. Mm -hmm. I have, I have just about every resource that it's like, they'll tell you to get. And it's still like, you know, what is happening. And um, that's why it really is. It's, it's a relationship. And so that's why for me, when I'm in the eye of the storm, a lot of times it's writing it down and just revisiting like one of my poems, it's called the last letter. And it was, it was the suicide note I essentially wrote in, in, in 2017. That's essentially what the poem was. And I just expanded on it. And, you know, when I do that, sometimes I get to see like my growth and that's actually something that has helped me. So when I started what, what was it, Asha? Two years ago, I, we became She Will Speak and, and you was Asha underscore Ferg and we was, we was I'm still, I'm still Asha underscore Ferg. Yo, you didn't okay. even have your picture up. We just had our <laughs> poems and images and cartoons. Oh, Alex, you would have got a kick the first time we went live. They said, oh, they black? like Astrid has stuff in Spanish. I was like black queen. Like I thought it was obvious. Okay, anyway. Um, right. But when I look back, which is something I do when I'm in the eye of it, you know, when I look back, for example, like on my poems about sexual assault and my, and my experience, I hear a lot of the victim. When I look at my poems of mental health, I hear somebody help me. When I look at my work now, I hear, yeah, I still struggle. Yeah, this still hurts me, but I, you know, I can get past this. You can get past this. And this is what needs to change for this not to happen again. And sometimes I think, you know, going back and looking at where you started, like I said, for me, it's easy. I can like do a scroll. I can open up a book and like see those things. But again, I encourage people to have a, like lean into your support system because even like I said, I've, I've gone through two breakups in 2020, went through two breakups. Having my friends tell me something as simple as, honestly, you're handling this very well. Like, yo, three weeks ago when you first called us to say he broke up with you, you was over here like, da 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 Now you're just like, 
I think he's seeing someone else. And it's like, by the time the combo ends, we're not talking about it. So it's like, that's good, right? And it's like, right. we all need reassurance. We all need the reassurance because sometimes you can't, because like you said, when you hang up the phone, the thoughts are still in my head. I don't know that I'm doing better. You know, I'm like, dang, I'm still thinking about it. You're like, yeah, but guess what? You went from thinking about it all day, every day to, oh, you know, it's, it just happened like an hour, you know, for today. And then you, you went on with your life. So if you could tell us, like, what does or did those voices sound like? Like, what does it sound like in, the, in someone's head who's considering it or has suicidal ideation? So for my head personally, because um, I'm sure with, again, there's a lot of, there's many diagnoses out there. So I'm sure for many people, it could be something as blatant as kill yourself. For me, it's more so like... Um, so I used to do theater. So a lot of times I think of everything as like mad, like theatrical. And I would really describe it as like, if we were on this call right now and I was in that state, it would almost feel like someone over my shoulder, like, see, I don't know why you keep trying. Ain't nobody mm. gonna love you. Nobody cares. Like, it's almost like a, like this tempting voice to be like, look, like, you know, someone even asked me today, like I said, my most, my, like, again, adding to the stress I already had, my most recent breakup, they were like, why do you keep asking questions? Or like, it seems like you want to know why they can't stay. And I, I actually uh, was very honest with my friend. I was like, no, that's not why I keep asking. They said, why? I was like, I just want him to say, I don't care about you. And they're like, why? I'm like, because I, I was like, I'm doing the opposite of what I'm learning in my life coaching sessions. I was like, but the mental health part of me wants to be able to say, look, he doesn't care no one and then and then this is how ideations grow it goes from she doesn't care he doesn't care to they don't care to no one cares to remember like four years ago when you did this and you're never going to be anything tomorrow and it's like again that's another sometimes um thing we do is sometimes we look at these small events that we think are small like you know someone didn't get the job somebody got broken up with something and it's like you know just get over that it'll do the next one but sometimes it'd be those little breaks that's like see like, look, like, look at what happened. Um, because again, like, even when I was doing this for myself, it's like, I had to tell one of my friends, like, yo, don't think like, I'm, I'm have suicidal ideations, because two people broke up with me, like, that's not it. That just adds to the mental state of my mind, like, look, look how things fail in your life. So to me, that's what those voices are. They literally come in on these moments, and they just build on it. And the best way I could describe it is literally almost like this soothing voice. Like, so why don't, like, why are you here? Why are you trying? Like, why don't you just, like, and, and literally, like, sometimes it'll be like, if you die, then number one, no one will be concerned about you anymore because, like, you're, stre like, you're stressing your friends. They always got to call and check on you. They don't have to do that anymore. And now you don't have to feel pain. So it's like, it present. listen, if this was a PowerPoint presentation sometimes, it has, like, supporting details, key points. And that is how <laughs> pros and cons, yeah. Yeah, pros and like it, the mind is a very powerful thing. And honestly, I tell people we want to know how powerful the mind is. Your mind is literally telling you to take yourself out of the world to protect yourself. That mm -hmm. is a very powerful thing that we try to ignore and not work on. Like yourself is telling yourself, hey, you know, this isn't working for us, which again, adds to why I'm happy y'all are doing this, you know, and asking these questions because I don't think people are understanding what's happening. Like the act, like suicide ideations in itself, when you really boil it down, it's like, that is very powerful because all you need is an incident, maybe high enough or, or big enough, or the moment where maybe no one picks up the phone and it's like, 
it has you like the thoughts the thoughts might get to you one day yeah which in life coaching um there's actually something called the gremlin uh which is in other words your inner critic and they sound very much like this um so we all have that like little voice it's just the messages that we get from them and then what action we end up taking um and like you said they can vary by each person but it sounds like um what you're talking about it takes it a step further where it's like look it's really trying to convince you that death is your only and best option and again a, a big thing too which like Alex, like we were even saying before about like, you know, different phrases is, you know, the one where it's like, well, it'd be easier for everyone because that is where it's like, now I'm accepting it. Now I'm like, well, y'all are all worried about me. And if I wasn't here, no one would be worried. And, and it is sometimes sad to hear when someone say, says things like that, but their mind is really trying to rationalize this. And that's why, like, again, I made the decision a long time ago to think about suicide, you know, as it's someone not wanting to feel pain. Cause think about how painful that is. You mm-hmm. already feeling pain, but then now internalizing everyone else's pain that you're causing. Right. Of- That's why I, it, it, it gets under my skin when people say, oh, suicide is the coward weighs out. Because I'm like, do you know how much will you have to have to go through with it? Like, it's so much, so much that has to go to your brain for you to actually like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And people are like, oh, that's the cow weighs out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it is, like you said, it's taking into consideration everyone. Like they're really thinking like, well, no, again, no one, ha- I've had the thoughts. No one has to, no one has to worry. If I'm dead, then that's it. Like no one has, is she here? Is she there? And it's like, I'm not failing anybody. I'm not, you know, they don't, the constant check-ins die and they can get their life back type thing. But they are always talking about how, I hate when I talk to people about suicide, they're always talking about, well, if somebody actually does it, it's considered like the cow weighs out. And I'm like, not at all. Because if you have, you have to think about how much willpower you have to have to basically end your own life. Like you imagine being all the way there and then be like, okay, this this is what I'm gonna do. Like, it doesn't just happen overnight. People don't just wake up and be like, oh, today's the day. Um... I'll debate that in another, in another session, but, um, cause the other way that I think, um, happens, you know, when you're dealing with somebody who is suicidal, uh, they're very much in victim stage. So mm-hmm. they're not at fault at, at, of anything. They're not, all they're seeing is, they want this to end and it doesn't matter how it ends. It's just, I want it to stop. Uh, the debate on the other side, it's from all those people or the people who have been in the trenches with you trying to help you stop it. Like, and you know, maybe you can shine on this too, Cheyenne, but Something like I listened to um, uh, Terrible Things for Asking, which is a very good podcast as well. You're Did welcome. I'll put you on that one. <laughs> Wait, what was it called? Thanks for Terrible Things for Asking. Terrible Things for Asking. Terrible. Terrible. Things for asking. If you want to cry, listen to them. And right. 
Listen, there was an episode on there where there was a wife of a guy who was suicide. He committed suicide. She was married for him for like 12 years or something like that. Uh, Seven of those years, she spent being completely all about him. They didn't have children. He kept having all this pain, but they couldn't get to the bottom of like what was causing the pain. They gave him medication. He couldn't even work. So she was taking care of everything. She was taking him to all his appointments. She was doing all this stuff to the point that she was now becoming very depressed. And her friend said, you have to do something for you, right? invited her out to go to the movies right and when she goes to the movie she comes back there's cops swarming all around their apartment he had committed suicide and he committed it in the way that as soon as they would open the door the shotgun would go off and he left her a note pretty much saying she could move on with her life do you know what that did to her that I'm still, like, sitting here, like, taking that. Like, do you realize what that did to her? Like, she had to didn't mentally... He do it, didn't he do it, like, on her cat's favorite chair or something like yes. that? Yes. Do you know what she had to... Like, she had to literally enlist herself in a medical institution to get over this. All those years that she completely dedicated herself to him completely being there and she's the one who has to come in and find this and now she has to put the pieces together to move on with her life so for someone like that yes suicide can seem extremely selfish i think Yeah, but putting yourself in his shoes, though, think about it. So you said it. Like, imagine seeing someone wash away their life for you, right? And see, and you can probably, he could probably see that she was going into depression, too, right? So you washed away your life to take care of me, and now I've put you in depression. You are finally out the house for me to commit what I want to do, and sorry you have to find it this way i think i think yeah but again that sounds like a very selfish statement because he could have seeked help he could have instituted himself he could have chosen different things but he didn't and now he could have potentially caused her to try to commit suicide what were you gonna say cheyenne i was gonna say that this is where it's like and i've heard it many times before and it's like again it's sometimes sad to accept but that some some people get to a stage where it kind of is like and again in a lot of my training sessions and even seeing it with people i've I've personally lost to suicide where doesn't matter what you did like this is what they were going to do right so it's sometimes understanding like you know because again it's it's both i think it's both of what you're saying and i think another thing is understanding you know which is actually very important when someone is because there's a difference at that point suicidal ideations versus he was probably in a crisis stage for all those seven years but it was like okay if i stay here and help you management management you know you're good instead of he probably needed to go to a mental institution the beginning of all of this and it might it could have again we don't know but it could have turned out better and i think a lot of times 
you know, what is, this is the hard thing about mental health is like, you know, I think on Instagram, it was like the hashtag, like, um, faces of depression, people who took their lives, you know, due to depression, where it's like, I think the one girl, like, she just went to prom that night, came home and committed suicide. And they're like, wait a minute, like, what, what happened? And Mm -hmm. so a lot of times, which again, is the saddest thing about this subject is even through all of the advice, all of the resources, it's like, if this is what someone wants to do, they're gonna do it. Unfortunately, you know, and that's why, and it's hard. It trust me, I, I, I know it's hard. It's hard because you, you, you try, like you said, not to blame yourself. Like, but I was here. Like, I left and I was here. Like, why why it happened? Yeah. But being also where I'm in in my life, you know, because again, I go back to my friends who were with me in college. And I think like, Asher, this is to your point. I am very thankful. Very thankful up and down. If they call me tomorrow to take a plane in COVID, I got y'all. Because like, I saw a post the other day where it's like, I'm meeting with people who are willing to starve with me. Like, mm-hmm. y'all were really willing to be in the trenches. However, I am wise enough now to know no one has to sacrifice their mental health to help anybody. Right. So I'm thankful. I am, I, am, I am thankful. And I say this, you know, on this podcast as someone who has suicidal relation, someone who's attempted suicide, someone who's, been, someone who's been to therapy, been institutionalized, been through all of these different things since they were eight. And I can honestly say it is still nobody's job to put themselves in a situation where they are now depressed and want to hurt themselves because they are trying to help me. And I, and again, it took me a long time to get to that point. But again, as much as I'm happy they were there, if they would have walked away, I probably would have been very upset, but I understand why I, I, I understand why. And it's like, so it's, but again, this is where you don't realize those things when you're in it. Like I said, I'm some, like I'm, I'm, I'm only 25, but I've been very heavily looking at these things, like very heavily doing these deep dives. And that's something I've said a long time, like a long time ago. And then like one last point about it is, um, and again, it's, it's sometimes a very tricky statement for people, but again, this is my personal view because I've experienced both. So one of my lady at my church, she graduated to be a minister. And I don't know why the dude was talking about mental health, but it always stuck with me. He was like, sometimes, because again, same way somebody could be born with a physical disability you could be born with lower chemicals in your brain like that is that it could pot like some because there's a difference between being depressed like someone who it's like they are depressed like they have a chemical imbalance they have i know people with hormone imbalances they will get sad they are susceptible to depression that is a thing and there are times when our parents pass away you know and maybe unfortunately someone you know child passed away you broke up with someone you lost a job you got evicted those are life things that depress you right and the guy was like sometimes what happens is and I think Ashford as a life coach you'd probably feel like lean into this statement we he said it like a hole sometimes we stand so deep in this hole and we keep digging to the point we can't even get ourselves out of it Mm -hmm. and and I think sometimes that is where it, it comes down to like my line admin, who's a therapist, she says straight up when like I told her like, yo, this dude broke up with me and she saw my face. She's like, you were in a crisis situation. She even said it. She's like, you were in a crisis situation. You needed an immediate, what are we going to do? Right? So I think it's a balance of seeing what someone needs because again, I've experienced life events where realistically that shovel just went down so deep. I looked up and said, okay, how do I get out of this? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm so, I am so far in it. And, you know, again, it's tricky because like we said before, when you're at that middle stage, you're just as dangerous. But I would say that it's not a, like a, a right or wrong with, you know, how we perceive it because perception is just that. It's perception. But I think it's more of 
understanding that everybody's psyche is different. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, the same way people are diagnosed with conditions, we all will go through phases of being depressed. It's human. It's human nature. You know, we cannot be operating high all the time. Happiness, all the, like, that's unnatural. Mm -hmm. So it comes down to like, you know, as I'm sure, especially y'all being a little bit older than me, probably seeing people who've had people in their life pass away. And it's kind of like, Hey, it's, it's been six years now, you know, and it's sad to say, but it's like, they're not coming back. So what are you doing? Like that is kind of that conversation of what are we doing though, to kind of like shape what your life looks like now. And I saw a post and then like, I'll let y'all go back to, and if you have any more questions, this is the last Mm -hmm. point on that. I saw a post the other day on Instagram and um, I even took social media off my phone right now to like really work on my mental, emotional health. And it said something that I sent to my friend who's a therapist because I thought it reflected what a lot of the people in my life have been telling me. It said the problem with a lot of how we are going about our healing, we are trying to be the people we were before life events happened to us. So again, like I, I'm, I work sexual violence prevention. I've also a survivor of sexual assault. The problem with my healing is I was trying to be the person before I was sexually assaulted. She doesn't exist anymore. And it's a sad, blunt statement, but she, she's gone. That person right. does no longer exist. She has seen too much. She's experienced too much. The event happened. Who is this person now growing or on the other side of this event? So a lot of us are also operating as I want to be the person before so-and-so passed away, before I, I did this, before I had the kid, before I lost the job. The person doesn't exist anymore. They don't. So I think that's also where we put ourselves in a space. And Astrid has worked a lot with me on this we put ourselves in, in almost like a susceptible position. Sometimes we don't realize it. We're sometimes trying to, to like do these things that only add to the stress of our life instead of just being like, again, it's hard. Like it's hard to, you know, like I said, I was engaged. That didn't work out. It's hard to be like, dang, like, why can't I make a relationship work? But it's like, you have to get through that because living in Cheyenne before, why can't anyone love me? That's not helping me. That's just, now I'm spinning in the cycle and now all these suicidal ideations are like, yeah, yeah, you're not loved. Mm-hmm. Just keep, yeah. You're, you know you're, what feeding, you're letting it, you're, you're feeding your gremlin. Like you're, you're, <laughs> yes, you're, feed, you're feeding the gremlin. And the best way I've learned, I think in 2020, how to not feed the gremlin is stop trying to go back to the beginning of these scenarios that that's it. It happened. What do you look like after? And like I said, I feel like I even like the way the tone of the convo changed because I feel like at certain times you need different forms of mental health. Some, you do need the people to like be hands-on. We love you. We got you. And sometimes you need people to be like, listen, are you, are you going, how did my line I'm going to say yesterday? Are you going to keep letting people rent free space in your mind? Mm-hmm. Are you going to keep letting the same incident just rent free space in your mind? Or are you finally going to be like, yo, I'm, I, I want to do better? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you need that tough love. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Sometimes you do need somebody to get it's in your face. It's a balance. It really is. Like, yeah. someone to be like, okay, like, I'm sure Astrid's been like this with a few of my sessions. Shine, we talked about the same person. Three mm-hmm. You got listen, one more time to bring listen, it up. I, look, Astrid will give me the, oh, you know, soothing the first time I bring it up. The second time I bring it up is like, and we're here again. Because listen, Why? Astrid in the middle of a life coaching call literally said, first of all, you want a man, not a dependent. You were stupid for that. Okay, keep going. And I was like, ah, but you know what? My th- you wanna know my therapist said to me when I was talking. This was the ultimate tea, y'all. I legit did the meme where it's like, and I looked at her and she looked at me. So I told my therapist, keep in mind, I'm boo I said, I just don't understand. She was like, What happened? I said, 
why relationships don't work and they're this and I just I don't know why they're failing and she was like what's the problem I said I feel like I'm picking up rocks God is my witness and y'all know how like black women in their 50s be they don't care right they don't care she looked that at me I said I feel like I keep picking up rocks she said no you don't have any standards and I looked at her wow she looked at me she said it straight up she and I looked at her it was 10 seconds past five I said oh I Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else do you say but you know what that's a license there and you but but she had but she had to she was like okay right. you- then you gotta sit here and think like do i do i have she, do I really? she asked me like about 20 different ways for a standard and she was like okay so this is what we're gonna do but it's like it's funny <laughs> now but like i was boohooing out like so she was like i'm like i keep picking up rocks no you don't have standards straight face and i was like oh but Hi, that's the diagnosis. That'll, listen, that'll do that to you. Mm-hmm. Astrid but, said, I've had to pull that card. That yes, <laughs> there a lot of times. Uh, <laughs> Astrid don't got, she's, look, people, I've been trying to tell people, Astrid is nice at first, right? She gives you some room for you to be, you know, yourself. So, and then when she figures you out, she, listen, dog, uh, no, you gonna bring this know. up again? Right. I don't even understand <laughs> why Alex feels like she needs to explain these things. Cause I've never said that I'm just going to be Miss Nice. Like I think I am pretty straightforward from the minute you meet me. I mean, I think Cheyenne will tell you this. I have been that girl to be like, listen, there is it's snowing outside. I knew you were gonna bring up that incident. We all said I'm not people, going. People right. were trying to go. Once Astrid said, I'm I'm about to dip out, we all said that's what I liked, Astrid. That was the day I texted Astrid. I was like this no. is an open But mind. the thing is when you meet like, Astrid, right? Astrid is so mellow that people always assume that she's always people like think her mellowness is like she's very right. Passive. So they take it as like, oh, you know, she's just nice. And I'm like, no, she's mellow. <laughs> Listen, when I told her, about, some time. I told her <laughs> about this past, the dude, she, the first thing, so we, he blocked her now because are you trying to be in the rotation? She's like, you trying to be the ATL ho? Like, what's up? Wow. <laughs> like, Ashton, she's like, nah, you take a t- trip, he gonna hit you up. Like, let me know. Is that what you're trying to be in place? Because it's not blocked. And then I told, like, I told him to call, oh, well, he said this, Ashton, I understand your feelings, but if he was blocked, you would, you wouldn't. <laughs> Reverting back to last week, if he was blocked, we wouldn't have any of these emotions. But like, I love Continue. the way Esther yeah. goes back to her main points. Like, but, but anyways, we, and then she does. <laughs> but anyways, anywho, but anywho, <laughs> let me give you some nuggets of wisdom. But next time, if he's blocked, right, you wouldn't worry about this. You wouldn't. <laughs> Esther, you know we love yo for your for your next birthday. We are gonna do a roast and just all like, right. how many people I've roast like. Look, like people, and she i don't even think she knows that she does it sometimes i told you sometimes I told some you. of her words come out and i'm like oh you know you just heard that person alex she right? literally told me like <laughs> no you want it like i'm i'm balling like and then you know i helped my last relationship not this one the last one and then i i printed out a job application to help him apply look at his brother she said uh i'm gonna stop you right there first of all no <laughs> you want a man not no goddamn dependent that's your fault okay keep going and i'm just like <laughs> 
Like in the yo, she did the black mama stamp, switched the whole combo in the combo. I'm supposed to continue with the same energy. You just dis and then I love the way she come back. Okay, so I because I call my friends my 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 board of advisees, right? So she was like, you know, I brought this incident to my husband, and he said, um, in the book of Hood Romics, you was just you was just like, no, it's a dub, cut it. And I was like, dang, like. But you, like, this is the thing. You want to know, Asha, you a dope person, though, and why you're probably the last person people go to, now you my first, is because Astrid, and I've had, all my friends are like this, they're the friend that we know is right. And that's why we don't want to talk to They're you. afraid of the truth. You afraid? Oh, yes. Because, I again, I wanted someone to be like, talk to him. Nobody did that. <laughs> like, Nobody wanted to co-sign with my plan. That was like, I no, been I'm the one black, to black, 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 black. Right. <laughs> I'm the one to be like, nope, I didn't like it, and give you no excuse. I just didn't like. Astrid it. is the friend that people don't want to bring the situation to because you're like, dang, she. But you know what? That's why you life coach because, like you said, the answer's already in us. If we scared, right. that means we know the answer. Right. If I'm scared to tell you, that means I know what I'm supposed to do. I just want, how did my big say it? She was like, we, she's like, you just want somebody to prove what you have in your mind. You don't want right. the truth. Right. They're not going to go with it. So call Astrid. <laughs> I told you I'm waiting for the Call Astrid. my sister. I'm waiting for your advice blog. That's about to make you famous on Oprah. People, Bro, if Oprah. you guys are looking for advice, hit us up. You know. Right. You at, no. I got advice for days. Don't ask me about my personal life, though. <laughs> so may, maybe that's what I need to start putting in my blogs going forward. Little nuggets of advice at the end. Takeaways. Right. So in conclusion, as we're arriving towards the end of this segment, what are some like resources or tips that you can share with us in regards to suicide prevention or even self-care that's helped you? So I can definitely, number one, send over some um, social, because again, like we said, accessibility is really hard. Not everybody can um, pay for therapy. However, there are some actual networks and databases that have like that accessibility. So one is Open Path Collective and their Open Path uh, Psychotherapy on Instagram. So Open Path, P-S-Y-C-H, um, what is that word? Yeah, you can you can text. I'm gonna text it to you. Therapy on Instagram. We'll put it they, in the, the, right. The so when you click on it, like they're um, they're able to do sliding scale and have therapy like where it's like maybe a max of fifteen or thirty dollars a session. BetterHelp um, does that too. Yeah, um, where it, you if you don't in have there. insurance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and it gives you like a database, so you could be like, oh, I live in Philly and I want someone who's black, or I want a man, or I want someone who's Christian, and you can like do all of that. So that is a really good resource that I give to people. Um, you know, as someone who's black, like I said, I found my therapist through, um, feminist, uh, feminist therapy for black girls and female black therapists. So that's Which, like, didn't I put you on that one? You did put me on. I oh, told okay. you. Yes. I, I thought I did. You put me that's on. A, here she goes. Look, that's no, a podcast too, guys. <laughs> therapy for black girls. They, so sure yeah, I'm going to start listening to them again. So, <laughs> and I think with a lot of self-care, um, what I, so I am happy that I'm starting to, I think, realize like what a lot of people have been kind of telling me and like understanding what it means. Like, so sitting with your good moments or the moments where you're vibrating higher, because I feel like a lot of times, you know, we'll be, like I said, me, 
I feel like for these past three years, my, you know, mental health, I've had my dips, my, my, oh, I'm depressed, I'm sad, but I feel like it was like, whoa, like, I got taken back to a place with everything that's been happening this year that I haven't been, and one of my friends was like, but Cheyenne, like, you haven't experienced this in three years, like, look at that, like, look at that, like, it has been three years and sometimes sitting with your higher day sitting with the with the good things that are happening i think is actually very helpful because i feel like as we've seen in life we just go through these moments so quick that we look up and sometimes we think that we fail it's like but what you mean you did all of this um i think giving ourselves grace which you know i know when i started therapy right one of my one thing my therapist pointed out was you again the shovel dig yourself into a deeper depression because you're mad that you're depressed, which I do. I'll be crying over something and then be like, why am I upset about this? So now I'm just extra mad because it's like, you know, I don't want to be. And a lot of people do that. Like how many times have maybe something hit us and we don't want it to hit us. So now we're upset that it hit us. And now we question like, why is this bothering me? Da, 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 da. Yo, give yourself the grace to be like, you are human. Does it, again, I have- You're I allowed to have bad days. We're allowed right. to have bad days. You're allowed to, you know, have situations hit you harder than others. Like, again, like, you don't even know why, again, like, for example, we're, this pod, it's being recorded in 2020. There are literally external things that are outside of our control that are probably contributing to 98% of people's mental health on top of their personal life. So mm-hmm. it's like, if you just cry, because again, somebody broke up with you, you lost a job, you did. And it's like, why am I extra upset? I mean, like, it seems like the world is ending outside. So I too would be upset if Mm -hmm. this happened. So understanding that it's not you. um, I'm actually doing, I'm trying to do a lot more self-care. So like, I actually got my, my sister was, my sister was so happy. She's like, yes, you had hella dead ends. I'm so happy they're gone. Um, (laughs) Got a haircut. I had to, yes. But you know, I rarely go do any like I don't get my hair done like I don't get nails and again not saying that's what someone has to do to to like you know do monetary things for self-care but it's like what are you doing that's just for you what are you doing your environment believe it or not so um I'm a trainer and I train for um mainly for adults with intellectual like for the caregivers that have Mm -hmm. to deal with adults with intellectual disabilities and I also do like home care but when we always talk about like something simple like even aggression right for somebody to feel aggression, it says 75% of the environment contributes to it too. So if you do something simple as just changing the environment, the regression will come down. So I usually always tell somebody, change your environment. Go right. Outside. Like go, I've been sitting outside more and I can feel like myself again, better. And it's like, you know, when I got my hair done, like I, like, I mean, I looked, I look cute as hell, but like also just the process of <laughs> like, just, girl. <laughs> hey, I look cute as hell. Also the process of just doing something for me and not worrying about like, nope, I'm not, in, I'm getting my hair done. Or it's like, you know, I'm watching Queer Eye. And honestly, I have been vicariously getting redone by the Fab Five through watching Queer Eye and, you know, seeing how they tell people like you, yo, you just getting that pedicure once a month it's like that could be a life changer for you. And I think a, another big thing is not being afraid to like continue work through your stuff. You know, life is a journey. There's always things to unpack. I feel like that, I, you know, like how they have like those, those, like those gifts that people do for funny fun when it's like a gift card. It's like, you're going to Disney World, but it's like in a box that's like, yo, six mm-hmm. feet by six feet. And you just box, box, box. Well, dang, what you get me? 
I promise you, that's what self-growth feel like. Like I found, mm-hmm. I found a meme and it was a kid crying and it was like, when the universe tries to give me something else that won't kill me, but makes me stronger. And it's like, please <laughs> stop. So it's like, it just feels like some days you're just, you know, cause one of the big things I'm working on right now is like my relationship with purity culture. Cause I went to a church that was like, pledge your virginity to God. And you know, if you have sex, you're going to hell. Right. And it's like, I never thought about it until like this year dealing with relationships and Mm -hmm. then it's like looking at that factor and seeing how I don't really connect not even with intimate partners but even with my friends like I'm very sometimes whoa like I don't want you too close right two years ago that's not what I was working on Mm -hmm. but now as I grow it's like okay great now we got to address that be for anyone listening be happy look how far you've come that now you're addressing other stuff like that you didn't even again some of these things you didn't even think were an issue and now you're like oh you know, I don't think that as Astrid would say, I don't think that serves me anymore. Like this is actually hurting me. And I think something that, you know, I, I am learning and it's hard and I'm getting teary out even just thinking about it. Cause I've never, I've never said it. It's like, you are priority. Like, I feel like for my personal self, Facts. I always <laughs> put other people first. I put other people's work first. I'm always trying to, again, going back to what served me when I was a kid to stop getting bullied and to make people around me happy be the best that you could be, be the best, help people do. I, the Girl Scout and I did karate and I did all these things. Literally, it was my safety net of like, look, now they're proud of me. And I kept that, that like little kids kept that, what it was. That does no, that's hurting me because like we said before, I'm beg. I'm literally like today when I was texting this person, I'm like, why am I begging you to be, why am I begging right, you? Right, like you're relying for that validation. I'm relying yeah. for that vibe. So I nah. think- you, you need to look in the mirror and be like, you see that girl in the mirror staring back at me? Right. Yeah. Well, what did that thing Lisa Nicole's last sent you, I should say? She's like, I, I like me. Anybody else is plus one. Right. So, so it's like, you know, I think the final thing I would advise, and it's hard. It's hard to, when you've never been your own priority, when you've been battling sometimes mental health, because you're always thinking about how you're impacting other people to realize like, it's okay to go like, nah, I can't do that. I, like, I'll be canceling meetings now left or right. No, I don't have the space for that today. Yeah. No, it's not. I'd be okay with it. I feel like sometimes people feel bad when they try to, you know, be a little bit more selfish in the sense, right? Because you, you need to be a little bit selfish with yourself. I feel like you have to be. And people feel bad when they want to do that. And I'm like, no, you don't want to go to the meeting because you got things to do. Honestly, I feel like people just have to change the definition of selfish. When you are practicing such bad connotations of things, yep, such bad right. connotations of words. Right. So, if you are doing this to, you know, increase your mental health, to soothe, to self-soothe, practicing gratitude, practicing gratitude is a great way to vibrate higher. Um, all of these things are not selfish. They are self-compassion. You are being compassionate with yourself. <laughs> I'm, I'm use I keep that calling her Fada Astrid. <laughs> yes, do not call me Fada. Only good friends and family members call me Fada. So I make sure I put this on the podcast because if you call me Fada outside of here, it's going to be a problem. A if problem. I don't know you. <laughs> and then the last thing I will, I will say is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number is 1-800-273-8255. And so what happens when you call them, y'all, it is, um, 
you know, it is confidential and it is rooted to like a lot of different mental health advocacy groups and resources and things in different states, different cities. So they're going to like streamline you. I think they also have a tech support. They have different languages. They have everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, some, and a lot of times, cause I know people are worried and this is a whole different conversation because I don't think police need to be involved when suicide and things is in play. I've seen cops come to like, oh, we can do this and easy make way or the hard worse. way. And I'm like, yeah. um, they want to kill themselves saying we want to do this easy way or the hard way. That's not helping. But what this does, it allows you, because sometimes again, su- the difference between suicidalation to like someone who has a plan and has the means. Sometimes some people really just want to call someone and be like, I need help. And it's like, okay, you know, let's talk you through this. You know, you want to maybe come see this person and that's what they do. I've, I've called the number before um so definitely use that as a resource because and and i think one final thing look up the resources in your area like I, i'll be yeah. real how many of us don't know what's in our own our own backyard like yeah it's, it's- and right now with covid there's a lot of free resources especially a lot for um like black and brown people you just have to go on google and literally just rachel search. cargill on instagram she hosts i think what she called them like the sister circles where you can like fun and she'll she'll do free therapy for 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 um women of color so it's like you know de- like you said people there are a lot of people who who do it yeah i would also advise people to check in like if you do have insurance um especially by your employer um depending on what employer you work for so like my employer will pay for three free sessions so you pick out of this list of people they have and you can go and get sessions for free and they keep Mm -hmm. it completely confidential they don't share it with your employer um but your employer pays for it for free they'll give you like three free sessions so check in with your insurance company check in with your jobs your jobs can help as well and remember you're loved and you're needed Mm -hmm. yes exactly and according to like the national alliance on mental illness if you prefer to text because it's uncomfortable talking on the phone that number is 741741 um you could be connected uh for free to a trained like crisis counselor and like Alex and Cheyenne said there should be like a crisis center or crisis location that's local that sometimes they'll even come out Mm -hmm. and actually talk to you in person. I actually had to deal with that with my oldest son when he made those comments and when he found out it was not a game he quickly changed that um, those comments Um, So I think even if we think or we know that the people is doing it for attention, still call that crisis center, still call because it's better to be safe than sorry and losing another life because you didn't tap into those resources that were locally available to you. So yes, please, please practice loving yourself, just like Cheyenne said. Um, you are loved. You are needed. I hope that's you what are you enough. Got. You are enough. Yes, I hope that's what you got from this episode today. And uh, thank you very much, Cheyenne, for everything you shared. Thank for you so much. <laughs> you for being vulnerable and everything. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. How do you feel? Feel good? I feel good. You look good. Girl, thank you. (laughs) I'm about to go to bed after this too. Sleep good. All right, y'all. And that is all for today. Ciao.
Thank you so much for tuning in. Catch us next week for a brand new episode. We drop every Wednesday. Follow us on Instagram at CYS underscore podcast. Tweet us on Twitter at CYS underscore pod. Like us on Facebook at Call Your Sister Podcast. Send us an email at CYSNation at gmail.com. Until next week. Ciao.